0: 516-1220 so call in we'll chat and uh, have some fun now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network
1: welcome in Rob Black your money I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more anything you want to talk about we can talk about today we talk about Greece sure I'm not hiding from the story a little tired of the story, because I think we all know that they can't pay their debts, and it is a bit of a problem, no matter how you slice it, whether they stay in the European Union and or whether they leave the European Union and go back to the drachma, uh, which is a cool currency to say because it sounds like Carl Drago from Game of Thrones. Um, it's the problem they have an aging population they've got youth who have left the country to go find work in europe really haven't found a lot of uh money in europe or jobs in europe and you need youth to pay what you've promised people and when you have debt you have to cut what you've promised people it's a problem um it's a real problem and it's a can't win situation Standoff between Greece and its international creditors continues. Their financial situation will grow worse, as each side has a hard-line stance now. It's up to the creditors at this point in time to decide whether or not to soften their demands or stick to their tough terms for massive new lending. In the interim, Greece's five-year debt crisis appears to be going from bad to worse. U.S. service sector growth ticked higher in June. That's a winner. pace of growth in the services sector ticked higher after a 13-month low in May. As reads on business activity and new orders improved. Oil's at a three-month low, and that tells us internationally things are likely slowing down, which is not a good thing. Um, it tells us that the oil price is tied towards what's going to happen with China, probably. GoPro has launched a new light camera, which they need to do, because in the end they make a camera, and to differentiate themselves, they have to come up and innovate and make a lot of new product on a lot of regular basis. New price target on Facebook that I saw for the first time is $100. One analyst is basically saying it looks attractive uh, from a technical perspective. And it's owning quality leadership in a market that goes sideways is one way of winning. Both Facebook and Apple have moved higher this year even than the markets really haven't. Bring in financial planner CFP Chad Burton to talk a little bit about what he does. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. He is with NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him online, NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him here on the airwaves between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on KDOW, his show, New Focus on Wealth. Now, California is the land of opportunity, and California has created a lot of real estate wealth for people who have been in the state 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They've probably done well if they've owned a home for more than 15. A lot of Californians are going to be house rich in retirement. Some of them are going to be stock option rich. Some of them be 401k rich. Some of them will be a combination of the of the
3: three. What do we need to know about being house rich in retirement? I get ready for a massive move in America where people are going to be downsizing their home in the next 20 years. You have so many baby boomers that are drastically undersaved for retirement, underprepared for retirement. Um, if they live in the Bay Area, likely if they're or one of these people in these studies that have undersaved, they're going to eventually having to tap their home in a reverse mortgage or or move out of the state, move out of the country even. Uh, so studies I've seen, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies did one where only one in 10 people make a calculation in their lifetime of how long their money is going to last. Okay. Other studies by Retirement Institute and other places have said that uh, of the people that do have 401k balances, the average person that has a 401k balance is only projected to save enough to replace 60% of their income. Okay. So hopefully their house is paid off by retirement so that they can have the option to tap some equity, sell it, move it, whatever it may be.
1: That's one of the best things about owning a home is you pay yourself rent, which means you're paying yourself equity. And after 10, 20, 30 years, hopefully it's added up to a, a, a situation where maybe that equity you've paid yourself can now be turned into rent that you're paying to someone else, or maybe it's you just stay in the house. But-
3: Yeah, unfortunately, the the affordability factor is an issue, too, because you get a 50-year-old wanting to buy a home, and it's gotten so expensive that they'll stop funding their 401k because they think it's such a great idea to buy a home, Right, which is a huge mistake. If you can't afford to max out your 401k and buy that house, you're not ready to buy that house.
1: I'm seeing a lot of people under 35 doing exactly what you're saying. They're not buying the house. Some of them are maxing out the 401k, some of them are, not but that's really important to you um, to have the nest egg totally separate than the home that you live in or the place that you're at.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, start working out of college, save 15% of pay while you're saving for that slush fund for that first home. You could even do that in your Roth IRA if you wanted to and and build up, get used to saving that 15% of pay so that you know, if I continue to do that, that's what I need to be able to retire This home will just supplement my retirement, or maybe it'll take a couple of years off my retirement if I get it paid off early, you know, 30 years down the road. You have to take some time to do some calculations. You have to continue to be able to save money into your 401k. Take the time to to not be these one in 10 people that don't run these calculations of how much they need in retirement.
1: If you're going to run calculations, where should you go to see these calculations? Because let's say my house is worth a million dollars equity. I don't know how long that's... I guess on the radio I say it's $40,000 a year till the day I die, but how do I figure this out?
3: You know, if you can't figure it out on a basic level, that's when you it's worth to pay maybe an hourly CFP, somebody that charges by the hour, to, to do these projections for you if you don't have the assets yet to have a wealth manager do it as part of the wealth management program. Um, because the online calculators don't do a good job in analyzing your tax situation and forcing you to actually think about things like what are your health care costs in retirement, so people will just take their current expenses and and assume that they don't pay almost any taxes based on these online calculators, and they, they get disappointed. They're, they do a very poor job, unfortunately. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I get intimidated by making decisions in retirement. Does
1: that make any sense to
3: you? Yeah, but at the same time, we also tell younger people that, you know, you start by saving that 15 to 20% of pay yeah. in total stock market index, international and emerging market indexes. If you do that, you can do a lot of things on your own until you get that first hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars saved up. Make sure you have your disability insurance and you're saving, you know, fifteen to twenty percent of pay. You're gonna be wealthy when you're sixty-five. You just have to put your head down and do it. Okay. So,
1: when I threw out that intimidation thing, I was kind of saying that it, it's complicated. Like figuring out the value of your home and how many years of income that can translate into. It's
3: intimidating. Yeah, for, and that's what for happens. the average person. That's what happens once you build up a certain amount of assets. You become just as nervous about making mistakes as you know picking the next mutual fund. So then you become worried about taxes because that starts eating, and you see, oh my gosh, I'm paying all this money on my because of my 1099s I'm getting. Um, so that's when you you seek out the professional help.
1: Seek out the professional help. You can find Chad Burton at CF. Uh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com, but you can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com as well. So Germany does not want to talk to Greece. Greece has rejected the latest bailout proposals from its creditors, but hopes that this would lead to a swift resolution to the country's financial crisis are not looking good. A representative German, Chancellor Angela Merkel, says Germany will not negotiate with Greece until Prime Minister Alex Tsipras and his ruling Syriza party uh, come up with their own proposals. Merkel is meeting with French President Francois Hollande today, and there have been hopes that the pair would produce the beginnings of a deal that could take... Uh, to Greece, and openly reopen discussions. Uh, This is a scary game of chicken, I'll tell you that. Um, But it's the right way to play. I mean, you don't negotiate by saying, oh, we're going to do exactly what you said. For the record, the markets opened lower today, a lot lower, and then went green, fought their way back, and now they're getting a little bit weaker again. It's kind of bumpy, huh? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. i Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in the air, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, it takes people their entire career, sometimes, to save enough money for retirement. And then you have to, like, you save it in an IRA or you save it in a 401k, And it comes time to, like, paying yourself in retirement. You suddenly are the finance minister of what you saved. And you got to follow some rules, especially when taking money out of an IRA. The best-known rule about IRAs is that you take money out too early, you're going to get punished with a penalty. The government gives you this wonderful way of saving money, and it can grow tax-free, and sometimes you can get a tax deduction and the capital gains are tax-free, and then it comes out later in life at hopefully a lower tax rate than your current one that you have while you're earning money in your career. If you take out money before 59 and a half, you get a 10% IRS penalty on top of any tax liability you owe from any traditional IRA withdrawal that gets added to your taxable income for that year. So you're going to get taxes, you're going to get penalties. It's not worth doing. There's some Exceptions to the 59.5 rule that you can use to avoid that 10% penalty. Specifically, up to $10,000 of withdrawals you make to pay for a first-time home purchase, or a qualified educational expense for yourself or your family, or health insurance if you're unemployed, and unreimbursed medical expenses in some cases can avoid the 10% penalty. In addition, beginning the program of substantially equal periodic payments, or SEP, S-E-P-P. It also gives you penalty-free access to IRA money before reaching 59 and a half. But keep in mind, these SEP plans last a minimum five years with no provisions for penalty-free cancellation of the program. Um, so, essentially, if you saved a lot of money in your IRA, you could start, you can retire at 55, but you have to stay on that schedule. Um, and it's a little extra paperwork. When you take money out of an IRA, a lot of retirees prefer to live off other sources of income, such as social security and employer pensions. As a result, they'll leave their IRAs untouched for as long as possible. For traditional IRAs, you can go, you can wait to take your your, retired, uh, your required minimum distribution until age 70 and a half. And again, putting it off as long as you can is a wise idea. Uh, Roth IRAs have no RMD provisions. Um, there's two types of IRAs, a regular IRA, well there's multiple types of IRAs, and a Roth IRA. Um, a Roth IRA, you can leave the money in account as long as you want throughout your lifetime in retirement. So then there's some tricks on when your heirs must make IRA distributions. An IRA for the record, individual retirement account. So if you die, you could pass it on to your kids Generally, anyone who inherits IRAs have a couple of choices. First, they can extend the withdrawals over their life expectancy with required minimum distributions of their own kicking in immediately. Alternatively, you can take a lump sum payment or in some cases you can take distributions over a five year period. Each of those provisions are designed to ensure that the IRA doesn't go on forever. Although life expectancy based payouts can keep a retirement account going for decades beyond your death, uh, depending on, again how much money you inherit in that IRA. It's tricky. Um, and that's where you want to get some advice, in my opinion. Um, retirement's tricky. I don't think I'm saying anything that's crazy when I say that. I think uh, you should treat retirement as you don't have time to make mistakes anymore. I got an email from a man over the weekend. Well, it was kind of throughout of all of last week. Um, and it's worthy of note that He's in retirement, or close to it, and he keeps going to financial people that he thinks have his financial interest in mind. I'm not going to name names, but two of the people he's asking me questions about are flat-out insurance people. One of them recommends taking equity from your home and putting it into an annuity, Worst financial advice I've ever heard, and almost illegal. It's illegal for a fiduciary to say it, but not an insurance agent. The idea is that, you know, if your home's got like 3 to 4% mortgage rates, you try to get 6 7% in the insurance product. Now, the product costs almost 9% in commissions and fees when you first do it, so the agent who's recommending it makes a, a boatload of money. Plus, he's having you tackle the equity in your home, taking it out, and you could eventually get foreclosed on that home, or home prices could fall. Um, Real bad idea. So that's one person he's going to in retirement, because he doesn't think he can do this himself. Um, Another person he he went to basically has the idea of just flat-out annuities. Again, a 9% cost. Not taking money out of the home this time, but just taking everything that you've saved in your 401k or your IRA, So this guy's going to get, this insurance agent's looking for a big, you know, 9% payout. Woohoo! Another group that he's working with is a group that is known as a growth group, and he's going into retirement. Um, And this guy buys a lot of commercials on a bigger radio station. He also has a tie with Forbes, but he's also retiring. He's got a big sales force as well that puts a lot of pressure on to, um, put a lot of pressure on for you to, like, close the transaction. Um, and he's been sued. See, the funny thing is you don't get sued and you never admit wrongdoing because the contract that you sign with a lot of financial professionals is that you'll agree to arbitration where basically, even if you win, the loser, if he did hurt you financially, all he'll, he admits to no wrongdoing, but he kind of compensates what the arbitration panel says. So you have to be very, very careful on who you think you want to work with in retirement and how much you're prepared to do on your own, because it's tricky, the rules, um, I think annuities, whole life annuities, uh, whole life insurance, uh, I think variable annuities are very, 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 very bad products. Um, it caps your upside. It ties it to the S and P 500. It doesn't give you the dividends of the S and P 500. The insurance company is going to win and it does cap your downside for sure. But do you need your downside protected? Probably not. Markets are all all all-time highs on a regular basis. Now, do you need to have a strategy to handle when there's market volatility? Hell yes, you do. But I just see people turning and getting very bad advice from a lot of people, and it's kind of sad. Um, I'd be very, very cautious on who you recommend or who you choose to believe in. And what was kind of interesting, finally, I got this guy to admit... He's listening to commercials to get his investment advisor. I'm like, why don't you ask a couple friends and see how they've done? Um, Why don't you get a a good referral from someone you trust? And he's just listening to commercials. And I'm like, whoa. Um, You know, mattress commercials scare me. Because they're running all over sports channels. And these aren't cheap commercials, which tells you there's a big markup there. I'd rather get a Macy's to get a mattress on sale. Than i would to a mattress discounter just saying i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more there must be something in the world Black talking money investing and more. Magic Mike and Terminator sequels very short on box office fireworks. Jurassic World remains number one. Stunning. So Terminator, Genesis, and Magic Mike made disappointing debuts just one week after Ted 2 also fell short of expectations. So a very high pair of profile sequels. Um, the U.S. audience has definitely been taking a you-have-to-impress-me attitude on sequels. Um, when a sequel does manage to break through, it can be Spectacular Jurassic World, number one draw for the fourth weekend in a row. That movie's pulled in domestically $558 million, globally generated $1.3 billion. So U.S., it's number four all time. Uh, Globally, it's number five all time, and it's still going. So NBC's, uh, not NBC, but Disney's Inside Out, uh, had another good showing again showing you that you know quality is working that 's grossed to about two hundred and forty six million in the u s disney's just they rock right I think that 's probably the fairest thing to say um, now as far as robots go we 're going to see more robots in the future uh, in ten years spending on robots overall in the world again i 'm doing robots because of Terminator. Robots overall will reach $67 billion, up from $15 billion spent in 2010. It uh, can be heavy in transportation equipment, electronics, and electrical appliances. It could lead to 22% reduction in labor costs in the United States. Labor cost means jobs, right? Some Asian countries, Japan and South Korea, will be adopting robots at a faster clip since those populations in those countries are shrinking. While using more robots instead of humans makes sense from a financial standpoint, it'll lead to job cuts. Robots can replace workers, uh, human workers, in hazardous situations uh, that U.S. you know people shouldn't have to do in the first place. But job cuts are coming. Robots are on the rise, even if the Terminator sequel didn't do well at all. The future
0: of Talk news real is estate. in a
1: single word, robots. That's right, Ron. Let's now flip it over to Tony Mendez, Little Bay Area Real Estate Talk. Joining me now... Mortgage lender from Bay com. It's Bay com. He's the guy who does my mortgages, Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez, let's talk a little rental properties. Hi, Rob. Hello. Rental properties. What's the word mean to you or the words mean to you?
2: Investment property, and I think that's something that, you, it, that should be the first thing that you think about. Investment. You're getting a rate of return on what you're putting into the property. So okay. you, you come up with a down payment. You put it in, the, buy the property. You get some good tax benefits, some interest, mortgage interest deductions, and then you have what's left over, and in that's your cash flow.
1: In your world of lending, who comes to you that's looking for investment property or rental property? There's a
2: lot of different people. Uh, oh. We have, you know, the, the husband and wife that are looking for a second home, um, and they say, you know what, we're going to buy this as an investment property for a while, and then maybe retire in it or something like that. And then we have some people who just want to have extra money and they want to buy some rental property because. It's something maybe their parents have done. Uh, a lot of people that are in rental properties now are people who have experienced that through either family members or, or friends, uh, and they get exposure that way.
1: I live in part of the Bay Area that I would not buy homes as rental properties, but I would buy apartments as rental properties. Right. Um, I have a differentiation in my head. I don't think my home, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's going to appreciate it in the next 10 years unless I see some really big wage inflation across the upper middle class, the lower upper class. And right now that's just not working out that way. Mm
2: -hmm. Multifamily was a, one of the reasons we saw sales go up. It was really, not into home sales, I'm sorry, construction. And it was leading the way. We had 60% of new home construction was multifamily units because of the pure fact that rents were rising and there was a demand for this type of product. That's why over the last Few years we saw a lot of almost 30 to 35 percent of properties bought in the Bay Area were cash, okay. Cash properties, and it's still like that right now because people are buying not only distressed properties but they're buying rental units because rents are so strong here. Something that I find sick and vile
1: are real estate clubs because they're kind of luring in the average person saying you too can buy real estate just like Donald Trump. It's maybe not that much of a sales pitch or maybe not that glossy. But I find them kind of vile. And I saw in 2004, 2005, 2006, yeah. a lot of people join these things trying to get wealthy and not having enough money to understand that it's an investment. And you're investing yep. in the income that comes out of it. You're not investing in the potential appreciation of the property.
2: And a lot of those ended up as private REITs as well, uh, where they're the people who are making more of the money with the people who are actually getting the transaction. Right. Um, so what you're saying there, is
1: that sometimes you'll hear about people that advertise clubs and scenarios. And they'll say, "I'll buy property for you," and they'll do uh, and help
2: you get the loan and and so on and they'll f- and management fees etc. So it's there are going to be a lot more of these types of advertisements and incitements to get into this into the real estate business as equities increase here in the Bay Area. Prices are going back up, so that's skewing really towards. Um, I don't want I
1: don't even know how to say this, but. Th- a lot of individuals want to own individual properties, and then some individuals want to help fund bigger projects and become a master limited partner, and I hate that. I would rather you own publicly traded REITs where you own it. Tony Mendez owns that property. He may own one one millionth of it, but he's not writing a check to a developer. He's not and writing know, a check. And
2: I know why you say that, because you hear a lot more horror stories yeah. than I do. You work with yeah. people on an individual basis, and you also have uh, – you hear these horror stories I, on the other hand, would say, you know what, I would, de- would deal with actually sick people who are successful at buying rental properties, buying multi-unit properties, and managing them well, and getting positive cash flows. If so, they're getting
1: positive cash flows, and right. if, if they're not expecting appreciation,
2: but it's, I agree. It's because I, I work with, and it's going to sound corny, but I work with people that have CFPs or CPAs, <laughs> yeah, and they, they actually hardy. have some people that are guiding them in the right way instead of going to these kind of groups and, and feeling like they're, that they're just following a trend. I
1: think if you think someone's like a real estate guru or someone has like, there was a guy, he owns a company in the Bay Area, that he was selling property in the desert, in a city that has no waterworks, that has no pipes, selling property that has no water tied towards it. Aqueduct City um, that has no aqueduct. Mm -hmm. And people buy it thinking it's the next big thing. If you're buying the next big thing, you're probably taking a lot of risk. Now, San Luis Obispo, maybe they're the next big thing in the wine country. Maybe all that property down there will work out, but they have to have water. So (laughs) you have to calculate some of your risks in these scenarios, right? Yes, you certainly do. So real quick, what does the person, what would you want to see who's looking for rental investments?
2: Um, Somebody who can, it's extra money for them to spend. Um, I had somebody call me the other day, said I have about $50,000 I want to put in investment property, and we got through the whole, you know, qualifying process, and, and they didn't have any other money. They had some 401K, but they didn't have the ability to continue funding that if they used their this money up and factoring the, the risk involved. You don't always get rents on a monthly basis. So That's Mortgage Lender, Tony Mendez with Bay com.
1: And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Oreo! is launching a paper-thin cookie with fewer calories. Why? Because Americans are sick of sugar. Why? Because Americans are sick of butter. Now, these cookies aren't necessarily for those on diets, although the fewer calories will certainly benefit. The cookies are designed to be a sophisticated version of the classic dunkable cookie. It's all about product. Whether I'm talking about Terminator Genesis being a flop, And Disney's movie, Inside Out, continuing to do well, it's about product. With Oreo, it's about product. But with some of these food stories that I do, it's about, you know, 18 to 25-year-olds. I haven't bought a box of Oreos in 20 years. Have you? Is it a box of Oreos or a slab of Oreos or whatever? Um, I just, if I were to eat it, I would die. And I know that, and it's, to me, Oreos are like cigarettes, That's my mentality. So Oreo has to come out with something that gets me into the store to say, Ew, sophisticated little crepes. It's a crepe, Oreo. Or is it a crepe? It's a crepe, Oreo. It's a crepe, 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 crepe. Um, I love Cookie Monster. He was my favorite. But I always felt bad for Oscar the Grouch. I mean, did... Uh, Sesame Street not scare us like crazy as children. You had a guy who lived in a garbage can. Whoa, he lives in a garbage can. You had a, a vampire. You had Mr. Snuffleupagus who clearly looks like he's got drug problems in rehab, just mopes around. No one else can see him but Big Bird. Like, what's up with that? What's up with that trippy message they're giving us? Snuffleupagus, I think it's a lot of cocaine. But that's just my
2: guess and 30% true
1: anyway um yeah that, that i was not a big fan not a big fan and then there is Mr. Rogers who was like t- telling you about fantasy worlds for kids like let's go see Mr. Friday, king friday and that was kind of a bit weird programming for children has gotten better 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air Google is throwing in their hat for a ride-sharing concept. You know, there's Lyft. You know, there's uh, Uber. Well, Google's doing it now in Israel through a company called Waze, which is a navigation app that I have on my phone, which is awesome. But they're trying to get you know passengers who are not Waze users to use it, but we don't know a lot about it. Ways will limit drivers' ability to generate income by connecting them only with passengers who wish to join the route they take to work and back and limiting the driver to two rides a day. Drivers will only be able to pick up passengers if they leave from home and drive towards their workplaces. So they're kind of figuring this all out. Um, it'll be interesting. Google's now jumping in with against Lyft and Waze or against Lyft and Uber. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's talk. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. Imagine Dragons shots. Imagine Dragons have been one of the hottest alternative rock bands in the past three or four years. I think the front man's Dan Reynolds. Uh, good front man, although for a while he had a bit of a mullet, which I question, but it's not up to me. Um, so anyway, they're just doing great. Um, I bring this up in large part... Uh, because they once had a band of, like, maybe seven, um, and then two people quit. Uh, I guess they had a band of about six, and, or five, and two people quit, and they replaced the drummer, uh, who went off with one of the female singers of the band. And like, female singers? Yeah. Um, right before the, right before that, they taped the video for this time. That's the one that has the, the clap, the knee slap and the clap thing going on. Then they quit and they asked to come back to the band. <laughs> it's like, whoops, just a bit outside, just a minute too late. Bert Schavitz, the main beekeeper who co-founded Bert's Bees Natural Cosmetics Company, has died. He was 80 years old. He even had his name and likeness um, on the product. And their product was great, or is great, I think. They ultimately sold to a bigger company uh, not that long ago. But uh, he's going to be buried in a beehive, which is interesting. Shavit. The main beekeeper started Burt's Bees going to be buried in a beehive. Um, he was an ex-military guy, a uh, one-time photographer. He made a living by selling honey at a roadside stand in Maine when his life was altered by a chance encounter with a hitchhiker, a woman named Roxanne Quimby. She was a single mother and a back little lander uh, who impressed the Shavits, uh who impressed him with, you know, ingenuity. And they started a personal care company. So, sad to see. Uh, Anyone die, but uh, it's a good story from an icon. Hey, have you ever been to TGI Fridays? It's awful. It's awful interesting what they're doing, though. TGI Fridays is giving away free burgers to get millennials to eat there. Now, start, Get this. Starting on Wednesday, if you're a customer, you're going to get a code on your receipt that you can share on social media. The first person to click on that code will get an offer for a free burger. Promotions meant to draw younger customers to CGI Fridays. You promote because you're chasing guests and you want them to try you out. They want to connect with younger people and they're trying something tied towards social media. I give them credit for it. I still think their food stinks, but I give them credit for it. Um, And again, I'm a food snob. I will be the very first person to tell you that. Um, Robot use is on the rise through the year 2025. And... I think this ties in with the whole New York Times, which ties into the Greece. New York Times did an article today about healthcare costs going through the roof next year. The healthcare companies, they're all merging with each other, or they're trying to, and the Department of Justice, you know, do they stop them or not? But they're trying to raise rates 20 to 40% in one year. Blue Cross and Blue Shield plans, market leaders in a lot of states are seeking rate increases that average 23% in Illinois, 25% in North Carolina, 31% in Oklahoma, 36% in Tennessee, 54% in Minnesota. This is an article that I'm reading from, from the New York Times, and it it shows you, in my opinion, that we have a problem. And Greece has a problem in the sense that they can't pay their debts, and they promised, you know, every citizen, you get to retire at this age, you get a pension at this age, we're going to give you health on this, um... And their youth unemployment is so high that they can't support the costs of these programs. And I think the United States is eventually going to get that way because we know we're running out of money on Social Security. We know we're running out of money on health care. And we've expanded health care. Now the health companies that have, are forced to do it, they're saying, you know, we're looking for a big fat rate increase. Rate increases will be bigger in 2016 than they have been for many years. And it's going to have some profound effect on consumers and you'll have less money to spend. The people that are signing up for Obamacare and getting it are, are less healthy than the people that have affordable or that already have insurance. And it's, you know, not sure how much this rate increase will hold up in review or how much they might change. Um, but a study of 11 cities in different states by the Kaiser Family Foundation found that consumers would see relatively modest increases in premiums if they're willing to switch plans. But if they switch plans, consumers would have no guarantee that they can keep their doctors. And to get low premiums, they sometimes need to accept a more limited choice of doctors and hospitals. Um, so it doesn't sound like that's working terribly well. Uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of New Mexico request a rate increases averaging 51% for its 33,000 members. And that seems ridiculous, but, you know, their profits are capped, so they're not trying to hit more profits. They're trying to cover costs on the plans that you're in, and they're saying, look, go to a different plan, one that has fewer doctors, one that has fewer hospitals, one that has fewer choices, maybe one that has higher deductibles, and you'll stay about the same, but you're going to get less. Um, So I think that's something that deserves to be watched. and the insurance commissioners have a, a big job ahead of them as well as i think the department of justice on determining if they go through with this or not but anyway back to robots you know how will companies afford their health care how will individuals force, afford their health care they're going to have more robots spending on robots is expect to skyrocket in the coming years um higher adoption of robots uh over the next 20 years is going to be huge in the next 10 years we're going to go from spending $15 billion in 2010 to $67 billion in, you know, t- over a 10-year period because you don't have to pay robots' health insurance. Oh, wow, though, I did see there was a story out of, I think, South Korea where a robot killed an employee. Like, dun-dun-dun. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? One analyst is out there today calling Facebook $100 stock. Um, and it says, He said, basically, you want to own a premium name in a kind of a neutral market, I mostly agree with that comment you know not emphatically not across the board but mostly agree with it 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air you can always call right now i'll put you on hold for 22 hours i'll get back to you first thing in the morning or you can call tomorrow drop me an email rob at robblack.com it's rob at robblack.com take a break here we'll talk soon have a good day good day